Peace, family. This is your Black to Roots podcast, and I'm your host, Tangie. And listen, I want to talk to y'all about uh, this relationship uh, thing that we got going on. Oftentimes, I hear, you know, people online with social media and uh, a lot of the Internet of Things. (laughs) And I'm listening to a lot of these people who have this crazy uh, superiority complex on the moral authority uh, about relationships, right? Some people actually have sound advice, but some people are just very clever at debating, right? So just because you're clever at debating doesn't mean that you're necessarily correct or right about the subject matter. Relationships, no matter what type of relationship you choose to get in or what type of person you choose to get in, ultimately it is your choice. Not theirs, not the person that want, that's trying to date you. It's not their choice as to who you are or who you get to be, right? And you don't groom yourself for another person. That creates silent bitterness, okay? A person is to come into your life, you come into theirs, and you both should be, in, in a perfect world, you should be taking both of your lives and creating a blended situation that's comfortable comfortable for the both of you. Not you trying to kill yourself to be whatever this person might need you to be. And then hope that they're faithful, loyal, or even respect the fact that you've done all of these things for them, like get your BBLs or get the neck fat from up under your chin or, you know, um, or you just completely stop eating a certain type of food because this certain type of dude makes this certain type of amount of money. It's a lot of delusions online. And a lot of these conversations, especially for the younger crowd, you guys that are in your early 30s, Uh, mid-20s and so forth. Listen, y'all are still trying to figure out life. And that's not to say that everybody in this decade, the 40th floor, you know, like we all have it together because we don't. It's a learning process uh, the whole way through this life thing, right? But you guys that are in your mid-20s, early 30s, the people that you are trying to reach are the younger folks, You're not trying to really reach people in your age group. There's people in my age group that are trying to reach y'all because y'all are soon to come into this particular decade, in the 40th decade. So when you're addressing these young folks who are coming up behind you, the last thing that any of you should be doing without the proper licenses or proper education is to start treating every relationship as though it is a case study for some type of toxic behavior, okay? Because if that's the case, if this is what we're doing, then everybody possesses a toxic trait and everybody is soon to be involved in some type of toxicity one way or another, based off of the way you guys are presenting this information. So I don't have any prime examples. Every example that I could come up with is in every podcast, every social media, every TikTok. I'm just seeing like the way that you guys handle things. Now, some of you are sharp. Some of you make a lot of sense with how you view, you know, your worldview on relationships. But some of you seriously have a one track mind 
on the entire thing. Like you're internally debating against other people that are against whatever your thought process is and not really the reality of what relationships are supposed to be built on. There should be trust. There should be at some degree compromise. There should be um, wholeness, right? People are not coming from a place of wholeness. They're coming from a place of, of, will you accept me? Right? So I need for, for you ladies, especially you ladies, stop looking for a man to accept you. That is not the route for any woman to go in dealing with a relationship. I don't give a damn how many happy uh, you know, ladies is up here telling you that because you obey, you you have a child, you're not worthy or you're not worth as much as you used to get the fuck out of here with all that. Okay. And I challenge any broad that says traditional, whatever, any broad that uses that type of lingo, I challenge that same broad. It The value, if you can give birth, that gives you value. You keep nations going. Let's get that. Let's get that out there. You keep nations afloat. You give birth to nations. You don't let somebody devalue you because your body does what it's supposed to do. And the man you got pregnant by does not. Okay. That's not a testament to you and your value. All right. So anybody with these type of ideologies are just stuck on social media and looking for clout to be real with you. Nobody cares about what a particular man would rather pick and choose. And who cares? At the end of the day, you're whoever you are. You're going to be whoever you're going to be. And if bettering yourself is what you feel like you need to do for you, your children, or if you don't have children, just you and your family or whatever the case may be, then you go ahead and better yourself. But remember that no matter what you do, whether you're bettering yourself or worsening yourself, it's going to affect the people around you. It's going to affect your choices in life and it's going to affect the way that people view you in life. Now, that's not to say do things because of what other people are going to think of you. No, you do things according to, is it going to make you feel better? Is this life giving or life threatening? If it's life giving, you go for it. Okay. I don't give a damn what it is. It could be your religion. If you want to switch that, switch it. It could be the way that you eat. You switch that. If it's the way that you look and it's for you, then you go ahead and you fix that and you take care of that. But by any means, don't ever try to make yourself something special for someone else that does not see your value beforehand. You understand? So a man, prime example, man sees me as uh, something more than I might see myself, whatever that may be. So he approaches me. He says, hey, you're gorgeous. You know, um, I'd like to get to know you and blah, blah, blah. We hit it off a couple of months go by and he's just treating me like glass, you know, like I'm breakable. So he's making sure that I'm safe, protected. He's doing all of these beautiful things in a short period of time. So am I going to keep? my hair wrapped up? No, I'm not. Not if he enjoys running his fingers through my hair. No, I'm going to do something special for him. And I'm going to make sure that my hair is, is tight to the fact where he can rub his fingers through it whenever he feels like it. That's when you do something special for somebody, when they've earned it and deserved it. You don't just go trying to change yourself to, to benefit someone else when they don't even see you. And what social media has done is 
it put people in a in a position of delusion where um, anyone can tell you how you're supposed to be. Anyone can tell you how your relationships are supposed to go, and they are automatically deemed correct if you because you have a challenge for it. No. No, that's the same thing with the transgender people or the people that just claim to be transgender. Not everybody is transgender. That, listen, I'm not going to get into all of the science behind that, but not everybody is a relationship uh, guru either. Not everybody is a master at relationships because there's a lot of single people talking about relationships. Not many of them are married right? You got some people that are in relationships that, oh, this is the type of relationship I want, but these are not people with lasting relationships. These are people that are clever. They know how to have a discussion. They know how to debate. They're good at it, but nah, you got to look at the, the, the fruit that the tree is coming from. If this person, for example, I, I know a lady always talking about you know, um, you know, I know a couple people, you know, that, that say, oh, let your man cheat and, or whatever that is, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's be poly or whatever. Right. But a lot of these people are in whole marriages with faithful partners, but they're telling you go out here and, you know, let the man do whatever the man want to do in your relationship. First of all, you shouldn't be letting anybody do anything. A man is, is a grown ass man. Like you let that man, you don't, you don't let him do anything. You're not his mother. You, you, you allow that man the space to be himself period. And if himself <laughs> is unfaithful, that may not be something that you want, but that doesn't mean that every single man is going to be out here trying to sow his oats with everything that's, they got a womb in it. Not every man is loose like that. Some motherfuckers do have control over themselves. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I hate the fact that we are listening to this rhetoric where people are spewing out things and you you're training young men to believe this falsified information you're training them to start believing okay it is in my nature to have multiple women it is in my nature to do this it is no it's not it is not it, it, it denatures you to be running around like this. So yes, we have multiple wives and multiple husbands. Y'all don't even know why we had all of that back in the day. Y'all don't know why we had all of that. And no, it was not based on just religion. Okay. This was about nation building, not the nature of a fucking man. It was based on nation building. And a lot of you women are in your late 30s and 40s. Y'all not trying to have no more kids. You have no business in a poly relationship. You have no business in a poly relationship, especially if you're not trying to give birth to children. Poly relationships were meant to nation build, period. And sister wives was sister wives. It was not some man because of his nature having the ability to to impregnate 22 women while a woman can only get impregnated. Listen, let me tell you the real root to all of this. And I don't give a fuck who says what. The important part about the fact that a woman only can carry one baby at a time is because she can give birth to many nations. A man does not. A man will copy himself in many different women, but a woman can give birth to many nations. 
okay? If she gets impregnated by nine different men, nine different occasions, that's nine whole nations coming from her womb. A man impregnates nine women, it is only one nation coming out of nine different women because of that man's seed. I want y'all to think about that, marinate on that just for a second. Understand what that really means. So it's not to say that anybody is more significant or less significant. What it is, is to recognize that there's always two sides to a coin. And oftentimes in these relationship uh, conversations, we're not hearing the other side to this coin or the flip side of, uh, of an argument. Is usually a debate on a linear level where we're debating, you know, a, a group of ideas on the same level, but nobody is flipping that coin to reverse these effects. What's happening on the flip side of all of this? And on the flip side of nation building, a woman gives birth to many nations while a man can only give birth to one. And that is the one that comes from his seed. It don't matter how many women he can impregnate. Only one nation. So when you think about poly um, relationships, you got to remember that the women also had multiple husbands as well. Mind you, this is for nation building. Mind you, this is for the strength of the colonies or the strength of, you know, the kingdom. Y'all are out here playing and toying with ancient wisdom. You're playing with it like it's a game of some kind. That's not something to toy with. Especially if you're not researching, reading, and you got your head stuck in a Bible and you're not even thinking past that, or you got your face all in TikTok and YouTube videos and podcasts that you, you really just feel comfortable with. You're not really doing the work. And I'm telling you, be who you are at all costs. Any type of betterment that you can do for yourself should never be just for the benefit of another person. It has to be for your spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional cultivation. Because that is going to carry you until the day that you die. And when you come back, yes, you will return. Because you have 300,000 years of cultivation that you have to go through. Some of y'all just got here. Some of y'all been here for a long time. Some of y'all are just in the cusp of, you know, your cultivation. So you might be at like 150,000 years of cultivation, but you got a long way to go. All of us do. And what we cannot do is stay stuck on some human, ridiculous arguments and debates on fucking relationships, something that's just cosmically natural. Man and woman, just cosmically natural to to be with one another, to procreate with one another, to get along, to disagree and to come to an agreement, to compromise, to to look at a person in their space and in their element and say, you know what, that's the type of thing that she's into or he's into. And I like that about them. Not, oh, no, they got to change that for me to be. What? Who has to change so you can be happy, sir or ma'am? No, we're not. This is where we've come. 
This is why relationships are not lasting. This is why people are spending more time on porn than they are being intimate with their partners. This is why people are having unrealistic expectations about people because you're listening to all these clever conversations that sound good to the ear. It sound like bars when you hear it, but it don't look like bars in practice. It really, really doesn't. I mean, that's just the reality of it. I got some clever shit that I can say, too. I got a genius way of looking at relationships, too. And half the shit that I could say, I will not put into practice because it's just unrealistic to actually make it a practical thing. It's unrealistic. It just sounds good. Like a lot of y'all look good on paper, but you're walking around here broke. A lot of y'all look good on paper, but can't put gas in your car. A lot of y'all look good on paper. You look good during tax time. You look, you know, your company look good. When we look it up, you're in good standing with the secretary of state. But when we go looking at what's really happening with them revenues, ain't nothing popping. So this is how, you know, we have to view these relationships um, and these discussions. So I would submit to you guys no, I don't have all the answers, but I have some suggestions, okay? And my suggestions are not always 100% and foolproof. Everybody is fallible. Nobody is perfect. And we're growing and learning as we go. Everybody out here is winging this shit. We're winging it. So my suggestion is, listen, if you're going to be in a relationship, there's a couple of fundamental principles that we all should be considering. Number one, will this person be respectful? Regardless of what their history is, regardless of what their past is, regardless of what situation they're in at the time, is this person respectful? Is this person loving, caring, nurturing? Is this person supportive? Is this person receptive to love? Is this person receptive to my love language? And am I receptive to theirs? And after answering these questions, there's another idea that we must come to understand. If I make this amount of money and we have this amount of kids together, then we're going to need X, Y, Z amount of money. Not what are you bringing to the table? Nah, that's not how you approach that because that's not coming from a place of love and care or concern. It's coming to a place of being jaded and you real sassy for a dude with balls. So no, that's not how we do that. What you bring in. No, how you come to this conclusion is if you both are smart enough and wise enough to say, listen, I got two kids. My kids are with me. You got three kids, but your kids are not with you. If we were to come together, my income is this, your income is that. Can we survive with our children in this situation now? If the answer is no, then it is time for somebody to either upgrade their pay scale or they are going to have to uh, come to another agreement or compromise for this relationship. If it is unfeasible feasible business-wise, then it is not a good partnership choice at the time. Period. If you can be mature enough to do that, then you'll have a better chance at choosing the right uh the right 
partner to be in a relationship with. A lot of us don't have, y'all lack the intelligence to look deeper than what a person looks like. You lack the intelligence to look a little bit deeper. If you can really come to the table with, uh, with sound ideas and, you know, sound, uh, compromise, you can pretty much reconcile any situation uh, and come to an agreement as to how you guys are going to operate financially, how you're going to operate, you know, dating wise, you know, relationship wise, what is your relationship style going to look like? Uh, how How do you plan on doing these things? These are the things we should be talking about, not what do you bring to the table? Cause that's real, real sassy, right? It ain't what you say, it's how you say it. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not your request, it's how you're requesting it. So if you want to know how a person is coming or what a person can bring to your life, you simply have a, a have some lunch. Go to brunch and just discuss both of your situations and see if it's feasible for you to come into the relationship. If it's not, then you, you simply make that understanding and keep it moving. And don't be offended. Listen, this is what we got going on here. This is what I have going on here. It's simply not going to work unless we can do X, Y, Z. Are you capable or able to do X, Y, Z at this time? If the answer is no, then it's okay. We're going to go back to the drawing board. This is not going to work for us. That's how you do business. You don't play with it. You don't play with it. You make an executive decision to either go through the drama, the stress and strife, or you make an executive decision to say, no, this is not, it's not sound and it's not reasonable and we're not going to be able to do it. But a lot of you broads is coming out here like, yeah, he got to make $200,000 a year in order for me to survive. Like, bitch, what are you trying to do? Live on a yacht all your life? That's not even realistic. You know what the housing market is like? Like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any damn sense. So yes, I'm not saying that you can't have a rich man. Fine. If you if you want a rich man, you go ahead and get you a rich man. Nobody's telling you that you can't. Or if you want a rich woman you can and you can find one, then go right ahead. They are the exception to the rule. They are not the rule. You need to be looking in the pot that you're swimming in. And in that pot that you're swimming in, you need to find the, the best match for you. But just like, oh, he gotta have two hundred thousand, six hundred thousand, you're bugging. When you don't have nothing, you don't have shit. You don't cook, you don't clean, barely wash your ass. It's a lot that you you just looking cute. And some of y'all are delusional about that shit. You really don't be looking cute. Some of y'all really don't be. So, I mean, like, I'm, I'm just saying... We got to look more realistically at relationships because our dynamic with society and humanity is failing dramatically. And a lot of it is because we suck at fucking relationships, relationships with our parents, relationships with our children, relationships with our friends, relationships with our counterparts, relationships with whole groups of people. We suck at fucking relationships. There should be nobody talking about how you can make a relationship work if you ain't even got proof in the pudding. It's a lot of single people hollering this shit. And then there's married people talking about poly life. You're married to one person. What are you talking about? This is not a hot topic thing, y'all. We really suck at building relationships. 
So like, for example, I got a promotion, right? And uh, this is for a completely different job. So I'm taking a, a higher pay to go to a different um, job. I just made a career switch. So because of that, you know, during my, um, my interview, cause this is in management. So during it, during my, uh, my second interview before I got hired, my question was, well, what's the culture like and how do we build relationships with the other management teams? I have my own ideas on how to do these things and what to do because I've been there and done that. But I wanted to know what the culture was according to the management team that I was, you know, chatting with. So, you know, they really didn't have a blueprint as to how they would go about these things. So I'm like, we don't have banquets. We don't have, you know, outings or, you know, brunch with, you know, with our teams. Like we don't do these things. And they were like, no, but that's a good idea. And I'm like, okay, so do we break bread at all? Because I'm the type of person that'll bring food or if it's your birthday, I'll bring a birthday cake for all of us to celebrate in the office. That's how I build relationships. You know, I on my day off, go check on the team at some of the other places and, you know, see how everyone's doing, bring people lunch. Like that's me, right? So the, the upper management team was like, yeah, that, you know, that's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's wonderful. And I don't think anybody will turn down food. So my question was, well, have you guys done that? And they were like, no. I'm like, well, if it's a great idea, why didn't, and then I thought about it, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm not even going to question that it is what it is. Not everybody thinks the same on the same page at the time. So more than likely, hopefully if the seed is planted, they'll, you know, begin to implement those things. I say all that to say building relationships at work in the workplace are no different than building the relationships in your home or in, or in a romantic relationship. You have to be able to break bread with whoever it is that you're trying to get close to, right? Stop having ulterior motives. Like a lot of us have these motives and we have these conditions and we forget that people are people and they have things that they internally go through with or without you. Okay. And what that means is if a person, uh, first of all, not if, but a person is a human being, they have internal demons. They are fighting. They have their dark night of the soul that they have to go through. They have all of their cultivating that they need to do for them. This is long before you came into existence. They were already going to go through these things. So now that for some reason you come along, they are supposed to be behave and and turn into some type of perfectly formed thing or orb that's supposed to go into your light and be absorbed and consumed by just you and your desires. Uh, no, this person has their own light and their own thing that they have to cultivate and deal with. So what happens is there's two lights that are traveling right now. And I'm talking about photonic energy. I'm talking about real life light. There's two forms of this light. Yours, which is a spark of life that's within you and all of the things and cultivation that came with it. And then it's theirs. They should not have to change for you. They are changing already like a butterfly. You know how many different transitions a butterfly goes through, but once it, when it's leaving out of being a, a caterpillar, this is what's happening inside of a human being. So you cannot say, oh, you gotta have this or you gotta have that. No, dude, think deeper than that. 
All of these haves and have nots come and go. They're fleeting. The internal part of that person should be your main focus. Building a relationship with that part of them is what will cultivate what both of you need. But you got to be willing to take a person where they are and help them to complete their development. We don't want to talk about that, though. We don't want to get on that type of subject where you got to actually put in the work to help a person reach their ultimate development. Because then that means that the ball is in your court. And if they fail, you take part in that. You take part in that because your whole presence in their life meant nothing. You did nothing. You didn't contribute shit. So I say this to say, if you're going to build a relationship with some with someone, remember that they already come with all of the tools that they need. Sometimes they don't know how to use the screwdriver. You teach them how to use the screwdriver. Sometimes they don't know how to properly use a hammer, but they got the hammer. Teach them how to use the hammer properly so they don't destroy anything. Your job as a human being is to help people reach their ultimate development. Period. During the cultivation process. And that's where you're going to fall in love. Watching a person grow and blossom. You know what I'm saying? You don't go to a seed and say, oh, because you're not a flower, I can't fuck with you. What? (laughs) Uh, First of all, put it in some soil. Okay, it's going to get a little dirty at first. Put it in some soil and then you're going to water it. Put it in some sunlight, right? Don't pick at it. Give it a little water every now and then, some fertilizer, and it'll blossom into the beautiful flower that that, that you was desiring. But that takes time. That takes time. You can't keep looking at all of these seeds and throwing them away. Because that's what y'all doing. Y'all looking at perfectly good seeds and you're throwing them away because they are not fully bloomed flowers. And that is what you men and women are doing in your relationships. So I'm going to tell y'all right now, just take it with a grain of salt. I really believe that you guys ought to start learning to develop relationships in your entire life not just the people that you want to be romantic with or who you want is arm candy or who you trying to get clout by being with nah start building strategic relationships with people period in general in the workplace at your church if you go to church at the masjid, like wherever it is that you go, the kingdom hall, who cares, the Amish people around the corner, start building relationships with people. Learn how to step outside of your comfort zone and be something to someone else. Stop trying to make everybody revolve around you. It's just not fair. Like, I mean, it's it's not even that it's not fair. It's just unrealistic and it's corny. It's corny. I don't think I'm a 90s kid, right? You know, I was born in 78, but you know, a lot of my lingo is from the 90s and shit. And I'm telling y'all, y'all whack as fuck. Y'all whack for that. And ain't nobody out here checking y'all chin on that. Y'all need to stop asking people what they bring into the table and start offering shit. Offer yourself. Offer yourself. This is what I have to offer. 
I don't know what it can do for your life, but I like you. You know what I'm saying? Can this, can we make something happen? What happened to that? What happened to showing a person that you give a fuck about something other than yourself? I'm just saying, the proof is always in the pudding, man. We got to start building strategic relationships. I'm going to let y'all take all this with a grain of salt. Until next time. All right? Peace and love. Peace, peace, family. This is your Black to Roots podcast. And I'm your host, Tangie. And I hope this buzzing is not in you guys' ears. But, um... I want to say, first of all, good morning, grand rising, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Thank you to all of you who uh, are overseas listening in, and thank you to my uh, fellow U.S. citizens who are listening in. Um, we're in a climate right now of building and in this climate uh, well y'all know I speak about this decade in between age 40 and 50 this particular decade is your uh, your building decade um, where, where you're finalizing the touches on retirement you're finalizing the touches on uh, you know, getting into your uh, ownership of your home or your residence where you're going to reside for the rest of your days. Um, some of you have done it early, you know, earlier on, like in your 30s. Some exceptionals in your 20s, but some have just not gotten there yet. And I would encourage you to start putting the finishing touches on your ownership, because that is highly important um, for retirement. Going into your next decade, which is age 51 to 60, and we do not want to be renting uh, this late in, in, in our age. It's just, it's counterproductive, and it's not economically sound to rent at such a late age where your body is losing some of its agility and stamina. You can't be working all these crazy hours, you know what I'm saying, uh, during that time um, to pay nobody's rent. (laughs) It's just just not economically sound. So we want to be putting the finishing touches on on, uh, getting into something that we call our own. Now, while I realize people have their own seasons and times where they, you know, bloom and are able to do the things that they need to do. However, if you are in your 40s, I'm sorry, sweetheart, you don't got time for that. You need to start fixing your credit now. It would only take six months to a year to get you where you need to be. Six months to a year is all it takes. I don't care what nobody tells you. Six months to a year. You could work at a Walmart and then six months to a year fix your credit. Okay? And that's, I'm not just speaking, you know, out of turn. I'm speaking from experience. So 
If you are in your 40s and you still don't got your life together, I need you to start getting it together. Even myself, I have like some land and properties and things of that nature, but I still don't have a primary residence for my family's home. Like where where we're just going to live, you know what I'm saying? And, and that be that, where I could take out a mortgage or whatever the case may be. Like, I don't have that. And that is why I'm bringing it to you guys now. I'm in my 45th year. So I'm going into ownership in the next two years. And it's just like, it's just not economically sound to be 50 years old still paying rent. That's just weird. Um, Because at some point you got to put your name and your, you know, your stamp and your, your funk on your own stuff. You know, you shouldn't have nobody having, nobody should have control over whether you have a roof over your head or not. Nobody should have control over whether you eat good or not. Nobody should have control over those things but you. And when you're halfway there in your 40th mark, come on now. You know, uh, financial literacy didn't really hit mainstream for the average, you know, African-American till here recently. You know what I'm saying? Over the last 25 years, we started really digging, delving into financial literacy and it's become mainstream over the course of the, you know, the dot com and, uh, you know, early 2000s where people had access to this information. But now it's like there's no excuse for some of us to continue to do some of the things that we do that are not financially sound. You know, remember that everything that we do financially works against us. Um, to a degree when we're not putting our money to work. Okay. It works against us all throughout your life. It'll work against you. So please go into ownership as fast as you can. I would say um, if you have difficulty purchasing like a $250,000 home and things of that nature, go into tax liens. Okay, you can go into some tax liens. You could get a couple of fixer uppers from um, from land banks. Right. I got a couple of properties from land banks, me and my teams. So you can go to some land banks in certain cities and get you some fixer uppers, grab you a couple of folks and go down there and rebuild them from, you know, build them up uh, from scratch. You could do that. As long as they got good bones on the outside, excuse me, as long as the house has good bones or the structure has good bones, then you can literally rebuild your house for less than what you would pay for, you know, a house that's already built and you just need one that you got to fix up. You can do that for pennies on a dollar by going through land banks. You can do that through pennies on a dollar by going through tax liens. There's literally no excuse for any of us including myself. So I want you guys to think about that. Yes, you can get a tax lien um, property. You can get a, uh, a lot of people are doing quick claim deeds too. So, I mean, it's just so many different things that you can do, um, that are financially sound that, uh, that will help you out in this particular decade. Remember that if you're trying to fix your credit, dispute everything. Dispute everything. And whatever, whoever the creditor is, dispute it. 
and, you know, sending your reports, dispute, and don't forget to go on, the consumer agency report, the consumer reporting agencies, not the credit reporting agencies like Experion and, and, and uh, the other two, Equifax. You want to go to uh, the consumer reporting agencies. I can't think of their names right now. I'm so sleepy. It's 1.30 in the morning. But there's four that you want to go to. One deals with insurance, uh, car insurance, health insurance, any kind of insurance. Um, Another one uh, deals with uh, consumer agencies like like, uh, water companies, electric companies, you know, the utilities. Um, And that's where they'll also have your rent. Um, If you've ever been evicted from an apartment, things like that, things that actually follow you. There's another one that deals with... um, like your uh, department store credit cards and stuff like that. Finger Hut, Sears and Roebuck, or whatever. Whatever credit cards y'all use. Lowe's, Home Depot, uh, Costco. It deals with those types of cards. Uh, your Walmart credit card, Capital One. It deals with all of those. And then there's another one that deals with like repos. Cars, motorcycles, um, even uh, mobile homes, things like that. It deals with that. So these these consumer reports begin, I believe, when you're like 17. So you got to go to them and dispute the addresses, the old addresses that connect you to those bad accounts. Change phone numbers. You you know you can go there and you change a lot of that stuff to start getting your credit together and it's literally just a touch of a screen I'll come back I think I have a podcast here where I discuss those and I give you the actual names of these places but they are not Equifax experience they're not those that's credit reporting agencies you want the consumer reporting agencies your consumer report is not the same as your credit report Some people use them interchangeably, but they are two totally different things and they have different impact. Your credit report goes up and down, but where your credit report gets its information from when it wants to uh, use an algorithm for what your FICO score needs to be, the credit reporting agencies use your consumer reports for that because that's, and there's nothing positive on your consumer report. I can tell you that now nothing they don't report anything positive nothing not one thing so if as long as it exists you got some negative stuff on there so you want to dispute everything um and start working on your credit you want to make sure that you're taking care of those types of things and getting yourself together for, um, for, 
you know, the, the remainder of this decade, you know, some of us have children that are, that are, you know, leaving the home. Like, you know, I got a couple of adults that I gave birth to, right? My 22-year-old, my 25-year-old, and um, them going into, you know, starting their, their walk of life and their journey as adults um, is actually awesome to watch <laughs> because I see so much of myself and my children, but I'm trying to make sure that they are, you know, doing now what I'm also doing now, right? To get my ownership together so they don't have to do this when they get in their 40s. They'll already have it together. And that is the whole premise about um, life's journey and having, you know, elders come before you and you being able to take advice and things of that nature. The generation before this one um, didn't do a good job of passing down uh, information to Gen Z, if we want to use that term. There's a lot of entitled, you know, people out here with your safe spaces and, you know, your bottled water. Like, it's a lot of y'all out here that really, really, really have a warped sense of reality about life. No work ethic, no drive, no ambition. It's like, nah, I just want to get money, but you, you don't, you don't, you don't care about, you know, what it is that you bring to society. And when I was coming up, we, our thought process wasn't so much what we could get out of society, but what we could contribute. And we were all taught to be prominent citizens of society, right? We were taught to be um, conducive to community growth. We were taught to um, make an impact uh, with our neighbors. You know, we were, we were taught to be family with our neighbors. And it's like, right now I'm looking around and no, we, I've been, (laughs) I've been here for a while and I really don't even know the names of the four people that I live around. Both sides, left and right next door and the two houses in front of me. I have no idea what their names are. I don't even know what three of these houses, I don't even know what they look like. And that's crazy. Like, you know, coming up, we used to go next door. And even though, you know, some people might call it ghetto. But we, hey, can I borrow, uh, you know, something? Mustard? I don't know what people used to borrow back then. A cup of sugar, you know, a stick of butter. (laughs) I don't know. But, you know, we used to do things like that. You become family with people by breaking bread. And we don't do that. So I say all that to say... We're not passing down the information that should have gotten passed down last generation. So this time in this decade, family, I want y'all to pass this information to y'all kids because we go on through life assuming that they know because we're living a certain type of way or we're living in a specific situation. So we assume that our kids No, no, they don't. They don't know the the steps that you're taking mentally to get through what you're going through. They don't know the steps that you're taking uh, economically to get through what you're getting through. They don't know. All they see is mom, work or dad, work and 
that's it. They don't, they don't understand the steps. So you really got to explain some of these things to, um, to, to give them clarity and to give them understanding as to what it is that you're doing, how you're doing it. And, um, what are some of your challenges, right? So, so that they're prepared. These kids are not prepared for anything. Half of them can't read properly. They're, they're really not prepared for the real world and the real world is becoming fake. So they're going out here with this crazy ass sense of idealisms and, when they get out there and it's time to actually get busy and stand on business, like pay rent, pay electric, buy your own groceries, do your laundry, clean your house, make sure your trash is taken out, things like that. Don't be, you know, not to leave ashes and cigarette butts in your windowsill type shit. When nobody is there to tell them to do these things, they are going to be lost because it's very small, minor things that a lot of these kids are lacking and that's just the discipline and self-motivation to do the right thing with the everyday lifestyle like get up brush your teeth put your socks on before your shoes type shit they really are running amok you know and even some of our adults that that we you know our children who are young adults even they have to be put on a specific type of routine in some cases so they can learn before they leave the nest. Now, many of you might be in disagreement. You might say, well, no, I did my part. I raised them. They got to go. It is what it is. If they choose not to do this and they choose not to, I get it because I feel the same way sometimes. But ultimately, did you really do your part? Did you really give it your all? Did you put 100% in? Or did you just bide your time until it was time for them to leave? You know, like, did you really pour into them the way that you you should have? And it's okay. Nobody knows this answer but you. But really self-reflect on that. Did you really give them everything that you could mentally, emotionally, you know? And I fall short myself. You know what I'm saying? I do. Sometimes I don't think I say the right words all the time. Sometimes I can come across harsh. Sometimes I can be a little overbearing. Sometimes I can get nitpicky. You know what I'm saying? I can be a bitch on wheels when my house ain't clean. It's, I, I listen, <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes I don't believe in soft, you know, soft discipline at all. I, that's just not me. That's not my arena. Um, you know, is what it is. You could disagree. I really could care less. At the end of the day, uh, we all have, you know, our ways of doing things. And to be honest with you, when my mom was whooping my ass for the for some of the shit that these kids be doing, it worked for me. And the things that I thought would work for my children did not. Like, oh, I'm not giving them spankings for that, but I'll give them spankings for this. I should have just stuck to my mama's script because she had the shit mastered to a science. So, like, ultimately, we, we but we do have to give these, these young adults everything we got. Um, this world is going to be a lot more crueler than you giving them a little bit of discipline, giving them some structure. Because they are in chaos right now. And I want my kids to go into ownership as soon as they can. So I'm trying to set the groundwork with, with my legacy, my generational wealth, 
to make sure that they, my grandbabies and my great, great grandbabies are set because if this is what we're dealing with, you look at the news lately, you look at what's happening on social media, you look at what's happening in the government. If this is what we got to look forward to in the next 50 years, our grandbabies and great grandbabies are up shit's creek. Seriously. Even our government look like a bunch of damn clowns. So, I mean, come on. Just because the government looks, somebody got to be the intelligent crowd out the bunch. Everybody can't have on white masks with red nose and droopy eyes and red wigs. Like, everybody's a clown? No. No, we can't raise our kids to be clowns and we can't raise them thinking that it's okay to be a fucking clown. They gotta, they gotta get their lives together because somebody has to run this country. Somebody has to be in these offices. Somebody has to, you know what I'm saying, make sure that these grocery stores are running properly. We have to make sure that not everything becomes a, G, a GMO product. We gotta make sure all of our meat supplies don't become this fake shit. Like, somebody has to do this work. So we need engineers, scientists, botanists. We need microbiologists. We need all of that. We need all of that. Chemists, you know what I'm saying? We need herbologists. And we we just, we need a lot. And we need people in technology. Like, we can't be sitting around here playing. So any of you that have children that are you know, 18, between the ages of 18 and 25, if your child has not attended a college or has not decided if that's what they wanted to do, give them some guidance on some STEM programs and get them to go to college, get them to grab a degree, get them to be those people that we need in our future because we need them. You know, it's, it's, I'm seeing too many, I'm seeing too many of the wrong people talking about I'm an astrophysicist and I'm not talking about Neil deGrasse Tyson or Brian Cox I'm talking about the wrong motherfucker saying this I, I I just really really need for you know some some really good intention you know intelligent people to get out here and I don't care what color you are I don't care about none of that shit I don't care what gender you are take your ass and get into a STEM program or a STEAM program and become a prominent part of society's well-being. Let's not just be consumers, and that's it. Let's be contributors, okay? Um, but that was on my heart. I just wanted to share that. Uh, and don't forget, you know what I'm saying, start working on y'all credit. Um. We just don't have the time to, to continue to to lollygag like we got all the time in the world. There's going to come a point in time where you won't be able to make all the money that you can. You won't be able to work. Your knees will give out like you're going to be tired. You're going to need more rest than normal. It, listen, you, you have to start taking vitamins and taking care of yourself and doing uh, morning routines to keep your body from going through atrophy. Like you have to really start taking into consideration what options you truly have and sitting around here waiting like you got all the time in the world to do something with yourself nah don't do that if you are in your if you made it to your 40s and you do not have ownership yet get ownership immediately 
Step out on the limb, step out on faith, get into ownership. Let that be the reason you get up for work every morning, not to pay somebody else's rent. Let's just think about that. So, uh, I love y'all, you know, um, because I'm so tired working both of these jobs, I, uh, I really wasn't able to give you solid you know, information to run with in terms of the names of some of these companies. Oh, one of them is LexisNexis. You could do that for your consumer uh, reporting. And you'll find other, you know, other ones when you go look that up. Um, but yeah, LexisNexis. But I'm just tired. I'm exhausted. But I did want to come and give y'all some, you know, just a pep talk, a little heart to heart before I went to bed. Um, So until next time, peace and love.